Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Magnificia, Magnificia in Indonesia with me, Amazia. I'm currently a postgraduate student studying Master of Education at Monash University in Melbourne. But today I'm not alone, I am here with my friend, Zata. Hello everyone, I'm Zata Hashati and you can call me Zata. I graduated from a double degree master program in the University of Adelaide in 2019 and IPB University in 2020. So why are we here today? What are we going to do now? Mm, we'll tell you about an interesting Indonesian folklore from the western province Aceh. That's where I come from. The title is Banta Berensha. Have you ever heard about the story, Zia? Um, to be honest, it's my first time to hear about that story, so I guess it must be a very interesting one. Definitely, it's a good story to be told. Wow, I'm really, really curious about it right now. So, for all the magnificent, the story was taken from www.ceritarakyatnusantara.com So, you can kindly check that out if you want to find another interesting Indonesian folklore. So, let's get started. Banta Berensha Banta Berensha was a fatherless boy who lived with his poor mother. He was diligent and always patient in coping with his uncle's scolding Jakub. His hard work and forbearance took him to marry a beautiful princess and become a king. Here is the story. Once, in a remote village in Nangru Aceh, Darussalam, there lived a widow and her son named Banta Berensha. Banta Berensha was a hard worker and a good fruit player. Banta and his mother lived in the modest kagon grass roof and dry leaves floored bamboo hut which looked wretched. When the rain fell, rainwater flooded the hut. To tell the truth, the hut was uninhabitable. But there was not much they could do about it. They were too poor even to feed themselves, never mind fixing the hut. For survival, Banta and her mother winnowed husk of rice at the rice mill owned by their wealthy relative, Jakub. Jakub is the wealthiest merchant in the village. However, he was very stingy, greedy, and selfish. He is a calculating kind of person who always tried to benefit from everything he did. Often, Jakub paid Banta and his mother only a handful of rice. It only fed them for a day. One day, Banta's mother went to the rice mill alone because Banta was unwell. To her disappointment, there was nobody pounding rice that day. That meant that she could not win no rice husks and there would be no rice for her and her son. She returned home in despair and sadness. She approached her son as soon as she arrived home. Banta lay weak. His face was pale and he shivered, having not eaten anything all day. Father, I am hungry, said Banta. 
His mother sat motionless looking gently at Banta. She felt the most pain in her heart to see her son starving. But again, there was nothing much she could do about it. They had no food at all, only a glass of water. She grabbed the glass and gently gave it to Banta to drink. Banta sipped it to ease his hunger. After drinking it in, Banta felt like he got some energy to get up from his bed. He wiped his mother's tears. Why are you crying, mother? asked Banta gently. The old woman's mouth was sealed. Her eyes misted over and she could only sigh. Banda stared deeper at his mother. He knew exactly why her mother cried. Mother, I know why you are crying. You didn't get any rice today, said Banda. Mother, I know you worked very hard to feed us. It's just... Perhaps today luck was not on our side, Banta added. Banta's mother could hardly believe to what Banta said. She just realized that her only son was growing mature. She hugged him and cried in happiness. She felt a bit relieved to know that her son could understand their poor condition. Banta, my son, I am so proud of you. I love you so much, dear said Banta's mother emotionally. Mother's affection and care gave a new spirit for Banta. His weak body was re-energized all of a sudden. He looked again at his mother's pale face. He knew that she was starving. Therefore, he intended to go to Jacob's house to ask for some rice. His mother prevented him, however. She knew exactly how stingy Jacob was. Don't do that, son. You know he is a stingy man. He won't give you rice unless you work for him, said Banta's mother. I know, mother, but I think we should give a try. Perhaps he will pity us, Banta insisted. The harder her mother prevented him, the more strongly Banta insisted on going to his uncle's house. Her mother let him go eventually. Jacob yelled at Banta when he just arrived at the house yard. Hey, pauper! Beggars are not allowed here, rebuked the wealthy merchant. Uncle, have compassion for us. Please give us some rice. We haven't eaten all day, begged Banta. <laughs> I don't care. It's not my business, either you are alive or dead. Jacob rebuked Banta with rude words. Banta felt sad and offended. Instead of rice, he got scolded by his uncle. He walked home sadly. Tears were rolling down his cheeks. On his way home, he could not help overhearing the news about a king from neighboring country who held a competition. The king had a beautiful daughter. Her skin was so white, soft, and smooth that as if people could see through her. That was why she was called Putri Terusmata, the transparent princess. Every young man who saw her beauty would surely want to marry her. Many princes had come to propose her, but none was accepted. 
Putri Terusmata would only accept the proposal of someone who could get her a dress made of gold and pinchback. Banta was so excited about the competition. He hoped to marry the princess and make his life better. He wished fortune would be with him. He rushed home to inform her mother about his intention in taking part in the competition. He pleaded her mother to give permission. Mother, you know how much I love you and that I want to spend the rest of my life with you by my side. You have given the best to me. Now, I am a grown-up. It's high time I work to give you my best. I'm going abroad to find a better living for us. All I am asking is your blessing, mother, asked Banta. The old woman could not hide her pride to her only son. She hugged Banta affectionately. Banta, my son, you are such a good son. If you mean it, I will let you go, said Banta's mother. But how will you go abroad? What will you carry for your journey? We have no money to pay the ship and get some food for you, she added. Don't worry about that, mother. Your blessing is the only thing that matters, Banta answered. Banta then went to a quiet place to ask God for guidance. In his prayer, he got a clue that told him to bring a piece of taro leaf and flute in his journey. The taro leaf was supposed to be used to sail across the sea to his destination. As for the flute, he would use it to entertain the weavers as the payment for the gold pinchback cloth he needed. That's the end of the first part of the story. We will have a break for a while before we continue to the second part of the story. Enjoy! Welcome back everyone, let's continue the story of Banta Berensha. enjoy! Next day, Banta took leave for Jacob's house. He intended to sail abroad with his uncle. As usual, he got scolded again. What do you want now, lazy bones? His uncle shouted. Uncle, please allow me to sail along with you to the high seas, asked Banta. The stingy merchant ordered his men to drop Banta to the sea. Before Jacob's men did it, Banta took out the taro leaf he kept inside his suit. He unfolded it and then sat on it, 
Jacob laughed to see what he did. Ha, ha, ha. You fool, Jacob scolded. Guards, drop these kids from the ship. Let him die eaten by shark, he ordered. Uncle, I guess this is the end of our journey. Please drop me down the ship, asked Banta. Jacob was surprised to hear Banta's unusual request. He thought that his nephew wanted to commit a suicide in the middle of the ocean. So, he gladly welcomed Banta abroad. He believed that his life would be much more comfortable if Banta died, because there would be nobody ever back him for food. There they were. Banta sailed along with Jacob and his men. As the ship reached the middle of the ocean, Banta asked Jacob to drop him down the ship. To their surprise, the taro leaf floated Banta on the ocean. The wind pushed it and took Banta westwards, while Jacob's ship went northwards. After days floating on the ocean, Banta arrived in an island. When he first set foot in the island, he was amazed by the scenic view. Colorful woven clothes of various motifs spread in almost all people's house yard. Apparently, everyone in the island was weaver. Banta stopped by at a house to ask about the gold pinchback clothes he was looking for. Unfortunately, the host didn't know anything about that kind of clothes. So, he moved to the next house but he got the same answer. He wandered around the kampong for days, but he still didn't find the clothes. There was one house left. It belonged to the kampong chief, who was also a weaver. Knock, knock. Excuse me, sir, said Banta to the chief. How can I help you, young man? replied the chief. Then Banta introduced himself and explained the intention of his coming. Sir, I've come along the way here to find a woven clothes made of gold and pinchback. If you have it, would you sell it to me? asked Banta. The chief was surprised to hear Banta's request moreover when he stared at Banta's look. How will you pay for the clothes? Do you have the money with you? Forgive me, sir. I'm indeed incapable of paying it with money. But if you don't mind, I will pay it with songs, asked Banta while taking out his flute. Looking at his determination on having the clothes, the chief questioned Banta again. Banta, do you mind telling me why you want that clothes? Banta then told the reason why he struggled for the clothes. The chief was so touched by Banta's story that he finally granted his wish. With his expertise, Banta played beautiful songs with his flute. The chief swayed with the songs. After enjoying the songs, the chief gave the club to Banta. You are indeed a very good flute player, Banta. You deserve this clothes, said the chief. My gratitude, sir. I am beholden to you. I will never forget your kindness, sir, said Banta. After getting the clothes, 
Banta left the island. He sailed back home with his taro leaf. He was overjoyed. He could not wait to tell the good news to his mother and to present the cloth to Putri Terusmata. However, great fortune befell him. When he arrived in the middle of the ocean, he met Jacob's ship and he decided to join their sailing. That was when Jacob arrogated the clothes. After that, Banta was thrown away to the ocean. Jacob then took home the clothes in pride. He wanted to use it to propose Putri Tarusmata later on. Meanwhile, Banta was drifted ashore and found by husband and wife who were looking for cockle shells. The couple took Banta home and adopted him. After living with them for quite a while, Banda took leave to his hometown with his magical taro leaf. Arriving at his hut, he was welcomed by his mother in joy. Then Banta told everything he had while he was away. Forgive me, mother. I didn't bring the golden clothes. Uncle Jacob took it away from me. Banta told his mother in disappointment. Let it go, son. I understand your feeling. Perhaps it is not your fate to marry the princess, his mother answered. But mother, I have to take it back. The cloth is mine, said Panta, showing his determination. It's too late, son, his mother replied. What do you mean, mother? asked Panta curiously. The royal castle is now holding the wedding between the princess and your uncle, said his mother. Banta rushed to the castle immediately. It was a merry crowd and there was nothing he could do to tell everyone that the golden cloth was his. He had no evidence to prove it. For a moment, he lifted his hands upward asking for help to God. As soon as he finished praying, an eagle flew around above the crowd and making some as it tells something. The golden cloth belongs to Banta Berensha. The golden cloth belongs to Banta Berensha. The eagle keeps saying it again and again. The people were surprised to hear it. They became quiet. The sound of the eagle became clearer. The king and the princess then realized that Jacob was a greedy merchant who had taken away the golden cloth from Banta. Jacob's face turned pale white and he began to panic. He couldn't bear his embarrassment and he was too afraid to the king's punishment. He escaped to the window, but when he prepared himself to jump, he stumbled and fell to the ground and died. Finally, Banta Berensia married to Putri Terusmata. The wedding lasted merrily for seven days and night. Soon afterwards, the king retreated and he was replaced by Banta Berensia. Banta then took his mother to live with him in the castle. They live happily ever after. That is the story of Banta Berensia from Nangro Aceh Darussalam, Indonesia. There are at least two moral values contained in the story. First, people must always work hard to achieve success. This is shown in Banta Berensha's personality who 
with his tireless efforts, patience, and determination, finally marries the princess. This characteristic is in accordance with Malawisdan that says, Wahai Ananda Cahaya Mata, rajin dan tekun dalam bekerja, penat dan letih usaha dikira, supaya kelak hidupmu sejahtera. In English, Listen to this, dear child. To work, you shall be diligent and determined. Weariness and tiredness should be disregarded. So, your life will always be prosperous. The second moral value conveyed in the story is that stingy and greedy people such as Jacob will get something in return to their evil deeds. As it is exemplified, Jacob died due to his greed. It is said in Malay wisdom, Apa tanda orang tamak? Karena harta marwah tercampak. In English, What is the sign of greedy person? For wealth, self-esteem he will abandon. That's the end of the story of Banta Berensha from Aceh. So, the storytelling focus is an interesting way of teaching wisdoms. We hope you enjoy listening to us. They're all magnificent. So stay tuned to all the magnificent out there because in the next episode, we are going to discuss more about Indonesian poetry. You must be very curious, right? So to end our podcast for today, remember our motto is exploring Indonesia through the eyes of magnificia, magnificent Indonesia. See you guys. <laughs>